Hi friends, it's Ian here, one of the pastors at St. Mo's in the heart of Baltimore City, and this is our daily podcast, Every Day with St. Mo's, that we're doing during this season of this coronavirus as a way of keeping us connected to one another and rooted in Jesus. For today, I want to read for us Psalm 91 in the NLT version. It goes this way. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes, see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Today I learned of another friend whose parents have succumbed to the virus. Many of us now, I would guess, know personally someone who's infected or who's just one step removed from people who are infected. So what are we to make of psalms like this one? of words of scripture like, he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Are they just head in the sand, fingers crossed, hoping, nothing more? Are they just flat out wrong? Worse, are they dangerously misleading? I read an article by a wonderful Canadian historian, Bruce Hindmarsh, earlier this week. He has one of those minds that seems to surf effortlessly back across 2,000 years, trolling for any era tagged with plague, pestilence, or suffering. Or maybe he just did a Google search, but I doubt it. The sheer number of distinct seasons of devastating plague and pandemic staggered me. And in several of those seasons, he shared a vignette of Christians going about the work of being Christian during crisis. Many of you will have heard of Father Damien, the 19th century Belgian priest who, inspired by St. Francis of Assisi, went to pastor a colony of people suffering from leprosy. Bruce Heinmarsh writes, These lepers were quarantined on an isolated caldera at the base of a 2,000-foot cliff on the Hawaiian island of Molokai. Hawaiians were particularly susceptible to leprosy, known as Hansen's disease now, And when they were diagnosed, they were declared legally dead and transported to Molokai, dropped overboard if necessary, and left to swim for shore. End quote. 
The measures were so drastic, of course, because Hansen's disease was understood in the 19th century to be incredibly communicable. Nonetheless, Father Damien lived among the sick, pastoring them, building shelters and schools, and sharing meals for 11 years. I don't know for a fact, but I can imagine him clinging to Psalm 91. He couldn't be faulted for interpreting his survival as God's supernatural protection of him. He will protect you from deadly disease. But then one day, Father Damien stepped into scalding water, and immediately he was shocked, not because of the pain, but because there was none. After 11 years, he had contracted the disease. Incredibly, instead of giving up his faith or flagging down the next ship, he carried on leading by serving for another five years until he lost his life to the disease. This vignette, of course, is not that unique, and that was part of Heinmarsh's point. Moved by the love of Christ, Christians have done incredibly heroic acts of love and service during times of mass illness throughout the centuries. The Father Damien and the rest, I should imagine, have every confidence that God could protect them from deadly disease. Their courage and their love didn't hinge on that, or didn't hinge on the fact that he would. No doubt they hoped they wouldn't get sick, who wouldn't, but that wasn't their ultimate hope, and nor is it ours. As I've been preparing for Holy Week, Jesus' suffering has been on my mind. For St. Mo's people on Sunday, spoiler alert here, so you can pause if you don't want to be spoiled, we're going to see him reinterpret an act of devotion as a sort of mortician's embalming. His life was making a beeline for death. In Mark's Gospel, he's already predicted three times that he will die before the Last Supper. Surely, if there's anyone that makes the grade of Psalm 91, verse 1, it's Jesus. Surely you don't get any better at living in the shelter of the Most High and resting in the shadow of the Almighty than Jesus did. And still he died, sooner than most of us. So was was God not faithful to his promise? Not faithful to Father Damien? Not faithful to his own son? Well, of course he was faithful. And so, when Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica, consoling them because some of their friends have died or are dying, he doesn't say, well, if they'd been more faithful, they wouldn't have died. What he says is, essentially, we Christians grieve differently. We grieve, we mourn loss, we lament suffering, and we do so with hope the clear-eyed hope of resurrection. Because God's faithfulness to his Son and God's faithfulness to his promise to each of us in this psalm, Psalm 91, is ultimately born out in resurrection. New life after death. New life that is impervious to disease. New life that bats away cancer and flicks away coronavirus. New life that laughs at Ebola. And the new life will be face to face with him in a world where all the twists have been straightened out, all the wrongs righted, and all the injustices made square. That's our hope. We follow a God who suffered, 
and whose resurrection is a down payment on our own. I don't know how much suffering any of us will face with this virus, and I don't know what's around the bend after it. But I take comfort in praying the words of Psalm 91, believing and wanting to believe that God is fully capable of protecting us from this disease and other suffering now, right now, and in the coming weeks. But even more than that, I take comfort that, come what may, we who are in Christ will be resurrected with him. Let me lead us in a little prayer. Father, we pray that you would beckon us to rest in the shelter of the Most High. Would you help us to live in your shadow and to take comfort there in the knowledge that you are capable of protecting us and the knowledge that you will protect us? not necessarily keep us from getting sick, not necessarily keep our loved ones from getting sick, and maybe not even shielding us all from death, Father. But because you have promised that you will raise us to new life, and you have demonstrated that you've already begun that in Jesus. Father, we pray, I pray, that you would deepen our faith in you, you would fix our hope on your son these days more deeply than we ever have been before. And would you give us the courage, the love, the humility, the gentleness to love one another well, to love our neighbors well, and to live with each other humbly, even at a distance, during these strange and unprecedented times. We pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.